Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. You guys are amazing. Merry belated Christmas and a premature Happy New Year. <laughs> Go ahead and take your seats. We're going to get into the message with the time I have left. I actually want to pray. I don't know if you need it, but I feel like I need it. So let me just pray for myself. <laughs> Lord, I thank you that you are here. Lord, I thank you that you have given me this word to deliver it to the people that you have intended it to be delivered to tonight. Lord, I pray, God, that you would just get me out of my own headspace, out of myself, and just be fully leaning into the power of the Holy Spirit to do what you want to accomplish tonight. So Lord, help me minister the way you want to minister to these beautiful people. Lord, I pray that this word will set captives free, will bring transformation to hearts, God, and just set them up for the greatest year of their life in 2024. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, it is December 27th. I can't believe it's the last Wednesday of 2023. But I want to start with just a little funny story. God made, gave me this little revelation um, a little bit ago, and I just haven't had the chance to share it. And I felt like this is like the precursor to Shredder Sunday. So I felt like it was the right time. Um, but I'm going to just tell you a little bit of story. Uh, a little bit of a, a situation that I've always kind of had since I was a young girl. I've always been a little bit of a complicated sleeper. What? I know, John. I know. So, so I, from the time I was a teenager, I remember I just would like wake up like 12 times a night. I just didn't know why. I'd just wake up and be like, okay, you're awake. Huh? Let's go back to bed. Like it was always kind of been that way. It was like I think God was preparing me for motherhood or like, you know, I don't know, from a very early age. But I remember I always needed devices. Like I don't just have the big airplane fan. Like I have the big airplane fan and I do travel with it when I can. Uh, I bring the big fan that's like so noisy, but that does not suffice. I also use a noisemaker. Well, I used to. I have broken free from this one, but I also had a noisemaker. Should any sound get past the noisiness, noisiness of the fan, I used a noisemaker on my phone in the sound of, a, do you remember, Tessa? The airplane mode. You guys, I listened to what it sounded like when you're on a plane. I remember trying to turn that on when I'd be traveling with Pastor Leanne or friends. They were like, oh, no, oh, no, we're not doing that. It was so, I don't know why I liked that one, but it was very aggressive. Um, and so I had my fan. I had my noisemaker. I would always take natural uh, supplements to sleep, always, always, um, since the time I was a teenager. And then I also wear earplugs. <laughs> you guys, I'm not lying. And so it was just, it's just this whole thing. And I remember traveling with Pastor Emma once, who now uh, plans at a church in Washington. But I remember we were sharing a hotel room, and she said when I, when, when I woke up in the morning, she's like, oh, my gosh. It was so stressful watching you sleep. I'm like, what, what do you mean? She was like, you were trying so hard to sleep. You were like this. I'm like, I am trying so hard to sleep. And so it's always been a, a thing, but this whole like uh, earplug thing, I realized once I got married, I couldn't put my earplugs in until John fell asleep because sometimes he would like try to say something or try to talk to me or tell me he loves me, but then I wouldn't hear him. Then he'd be like, 
wow, babe, you don't even respond to me when I tell you I love you. And I'm like, sorry. And my earplugs were in. So now I wait for him to fall asleep, which is usually like that. Um, you know, a gift from God. And so I, I, I hold my earplugs in my hand until John falls asleep. How do I know he's asleep? One, he's twitching violently. <laughs> Two, he's snoring loudly. Three, you run in your sleep and shake the whole freaking bed. But my favorite one and the funniest one is the jaw drop. So I don't know if this is unique to my husband, but like, he, okay, so just if you can see, I wish there was a zoom in camera. I'll look terrifying when I do it. But he's just like, he's almost asleep, almost asleep. Then all of a sudden he just goes. <laughs> Could you see that? He's like normal. Then he just goes. I'll show them too. So we're normal. Okay. So it's like his face fully relaxes. And what's comical is he'll be snoring, twitching, and the jaw has dropped. And it's 2 a.m. and I go to wake him up to tell him to stop snoring. He's like, I wasn't even asleep. I'm like, okay, John. Okay, John. Like, whatever. It's 2 a.m. Like, it's hilarious. But anyway, so I, I have waited to put my earplugs in until I see one of those four signs so I know I can actually go to sleep. But sometimes what happens while I'm waiting for, for one of those four signs to happen, sometimes I actually fall asleep really quickly. And so the earplugs are still in my hand. I have not yet put them in. And I will tell you probably two to three days a week, I wake up after eight hours of sleep and the earplugs are still in my hand. Isn't that weird? Like, I'm completely clenched all night long, and I remember tossing and turning, turning, but I never let the earplugs go in my hand. And I have to, like, then go, ow, it's, like, all cramped. I'm like, ah, to, like, let them go in the morning. And this happens all the time, but it was just, like, this revelation I had. I, was, I did it again uh, not too long ago, and I remember just going, this is so strange. Like, this is crazy. I'm completely unconscious. And in my subconscious mind, it's telling me to not let go of this thing that I don't even realize I'm holding on to. I'm completely unconscious, yet my subconscious mind says, don't let go what is in your hand. And I thought to myself, the Holy Spirit, after all these years of doing this, spoke to me and said, I wonder how many things we're holding on to that are not good for us, that are affecting our lives that we don't even realize we are holding on to. And I thought, ending the year and going into the new year, I wanna pray that our unconscious, subconscious mind begins to realize the things that we've been holding on to that are not gonna serve us well in 2024. And so the title of my message is The Secrets of the Subconscious Mind. So I just was doing a little reading about this. So subconscious means it's it's the concer it's the concerning part of the mind. It's concerning the part of the mind of which one is not fully aware, but which influences one's actions and feelings. So we're not even aware of what's going on in our subconscious mind, but it actually affects our actions, our decisions, and our emotions. Our unconscious says it's existing without one even realizing it. We're unaware of. It's the part of the mind which is inaccessible to the conscious mind, but which affects behavior and emotion. 
So I'm just wondering how many things have we allowed that are kind of held in the back in secret, even secret to ourselves that are actually affecting the decisions that we make, the things that we do or don't do, the things we believe for or we won't believe for, or how we behave or how we feel about an individual. And I think if we were all really becoming aware of this, we would probably all be able to identify something that we didn't even realize we were holding on to that we need to let go of if we're gonna allow God to do the amazing and the impossible and the supernatural in our lives in 2024. Because what we think, even in our subconscious or unconscious mind, is so incredibly powerful and potent. And there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about this, Proverbs 23, 7. I say it all the time. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So uh, whatever you think will become a belief system in your heart that will determine the way you live and behave. And so most of the time, we never stop to think about what we're thinking about. Why would we do that? We're busy. We're running around from one thing to the next. How often do we actually stop and think about what we're thinking about, even subconsciously? But we, because we don't stop and think about what we're thinking about, all these, all these um, uninvited thoughts, all these all these. Uh, intrusive thoughts, unsolicited thoughts of maybe fear or worry or shame or condemnation or lies we believed about ourselves They're all roaming around in our subconscious mind and we don't even realize they're there, but it's affecting how we live our lives, what we believe about ourselves and what we do and won't do. And so I think we need to get good at stopping and thinking about what we're thinking about because your mind is always thinking about something, you just don't realize it. And I wonder how many of us need to get good at thinking about what we're thinking about and take every thought captive like the Bible says. It says take every thought captive and put it in sub obedience or sub submission to the obedience of Christ. So you have to arrest those thoughts. Are they a God thought? Are they an enemy thought? Is it the truth or is it a lie? Is this healthy or is this unhealthy? Is it gonna lead me down the path of life or lead me down the path of destruction? We have to sometimes stop and think about what we're thinking about so we do not live our lives with our subconscious mind running rampant with all these intrusive thoughts that are not going to serve you well. I want, we want the best for you in 2024. We want you to bust ceilings, to be set free, to break change, to break mindsets, to, to break bondages, to do all the things that God has actually wanted you to do. But what do we need to become aware of that we're holding on to? That if we're holding on to something, it's gonna hold us back. You hold on, it holds you back from moving forward. We have got to realize what we need to let go of to go into all of the things that God has planned for us. And again, we don't even realize it. And I'll share an example with you. You know, I've had to walk through lots of forgiveness in my life. And many of you know a lot of my story. I've had to forgive um, a lot of people that were uh, caused pain and abuse in my life. And so I'm not, I'm not new to this forgiveness thing. I know how to do it. I know how to let things go. But there was one particular relationship where I had to just keep, I kept finding myself in a position where I had to constantly keep releasing forgiveness. There was just like constant hangups and I had to constantly keep releasing forgiveness. And, and I thought I forgave this person. Like I did at one, I was like, Lord, I just, I can't keep, you know, having this go through my mind, I have to release them. Lord, I repent from holding on to unforgiveness. And I, I thought I released them. Like there was a burden that was lifted. Things that triggered me didn't trigger me so much. Things that bothered me didn't bother me so much. So I thought, oh, I've fully forgiven this person. Until I heard a message, uh, two messages in a very short period of time, one from Pastor Leanne, and it was at our staff meeting. And she was talking about, if you are offended, you are wasting time. 
Should you, you don't have time to be offended. If you are about the kingdom business and living an epic life, you don't have time to be offended. You are wasting your time because offense isn't gonna bring any life or joy or peace to your life. She's like, let it go. Let the offense go. You don't have time to waste time on offense. And I remember this person kind of came to mind. I'm like, oh, that was weird. I thought I had fully like let that, that situation go or that person go. And then I think it was like the following Sunday, Pastor Shelley was preaching a message and she was talking about uh, forgiveness and offense and all these things. And she said, isn't it so funny how when we make a mistake or we hurt someone or cause someone pain, we want them to just forgive us and extend grace to us and we want them to love us and, and just move on. But when someone does that to us, we want them held accountable to the highest degree. We want to make sure they pay for what they did to us. And we want to make sure justice is done. And until justice is done, I'm not going to let you go. So, oh, give me grace and mercy and love me. Sorry. But like, no, you will be held accountable to the farthest extent. You know, and I remember she just said that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want grace when I do silly things. And I do a lot of silly things. But I was like, but I'm literally holding this person captive, judging them every time their little error or foul was made. And I was like, I, I am in full judgment toward this person. I, and, I, and I realized I have not fully released them. I have not fully forgiven them. So I repented. I'm like, Lord, help me. I don't want to be this way. I need to let this person go. Lord, heal my heart. I release them to you. I have no time to be offended. I can't be judgmental if I want to expect grace for myself. And it was just this simple prayer. It wasn't this huge thing. But I want to tell you something. From that moment forward, I no longer needed natural sleeping supplements. I'm telling you, you do not realize the subconscious things that you're not even aware of and how they're affecting your daily life. I was always tormented in my sleep and that literally set me free. Because the Bible talks about when you hold on to unforgiveness, you open yourself up for the tormenting spirits to torment your life because you are no longer under grace. You've chosen to stay under the law to judge. So tormenting spirits will torment your mind. For the first time in my life, I would lay down my head on the pillow at night and my mind would not be racing with all these things that bothered me about the day. Not just this individual, but everything bothered me because I was in a place of judgment. And so I was like, I did not even realize that I still, it was like a secret in my subconscious that was destroying my peace and my sleep and my livelihood and my joy. So some of us may be in here and maybe even through this story, God is highlighting someone to you like, I haven't fully released them. I, I still want them to be judged. Guess what? God is the judge. And God will never fail. So we don't have to be judged. We can release them to the ultimate judge so that we can be free from torment. So we can be free to be at peace. So we can be free to be free. Forgiveness isn't about them. It's actually about you and your freedom and the peace that you can live with or not. It's, they always say it's like unforgiveness is like drinking poison hoping the other person dies. It actually poisons your life. So some of you tonight might realize I have been holding on to this thing. I've been harboring unforgiveness towards a spouse, a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, a coworker, someone that did you wrong in business, a friend, would you allow God 
to take that from you? Would you release it to him so that you can go into 2024 feeling blessed, feeling free, feeling joy, feeling peace? Who do you need to let go of tonight to set yourself up for the greatest 2024? So some of us might need to like let go of holding on to unforgiveness and bitterness. The Bible says this in Ephesians 4, 31 through 32. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. Who do we need to forgive tonight to experience the fullness that God has for us? Some of us in here, if we're really going to be honest with ourselves, might need to let go of a relationship or let go of the hope that that relationship will be revived. Because once you hold on, it holds you back. There's a story in the Bible about Abraham and his nephew Lot. And I'm going to paraphrase the story, but it starts in, it actually starts in Genesis 12, where the Lord says, actually, 12, verse 12, 1 through 4, God tells Abraham, get out of your country, listen to this next part, from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Get out of your country from your family, and then it ends with, and Lot went with him, his nephew. So Lot and Abraham began to journey together to this place, this land, this promise that God was giving Abraham. He didn't know where he was going, and the Lord said he would show him along the journey where this land was and what he had for him, the blessings that he had for him. But he didn't leave the family that he was supposed to leave behind. He brought Lot, Lot with him, and there was a reason for that um, that I don't have time to get into. But he brought Lot with him, and the Bible talks about there was strife amongst them, and, and, and Lot's herds battled with their herdsmen's, and there wasn't enough you know, food in the land to feed both their crops and all these things. So Abraham in Genesis 13 approaches Lot and says, this isn't going well. I would like to ask that you separate from me. Go to a place of your choosing. You get to pick whatever land you want, but we need to separate. We can no longer journey together. And so the Bible says in Genesis 13, 14 through 15, that after Abraham had this conversation with Lot, that Lot departed from him. And it says, and the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, for all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever. And the Lord began to speak about his legacy, the promises, the blessing, the protection that was to come. How interesting that they were wandering together, journeying together, but it wasn't until he separated from the relationship that was not destined by God to be happening that God said, and then he said, after Lot had separated him, God showed Abraham the whole plan of the blessing and the miracle and the provision. 
So it's so interesting that God didn't show him that until Lot separated from him. Sometimes there are people in our life that we need to separate from that are not serving us well or not serving the plans and the visions God has for you well. And I think a lot of times we know in our knower, Holy Spirit, that that friendship or that relationship or that business partnership is not good for us, but we keep it in our subconscious mind and don't pay attention to it and just keep hoping it's all gonna work out at some point. But God might be asking you to separate from someone in your world so that he can actually show you because where you're going, you can't take them with you. There are some people that need to leave your life for God to show you where he needs to take you. And I think sometimes people hold on to a relationship solely because they will have someone to hold on to. But do we want second best? Do we want a compromise or do we want God's best? We can't just be in a relationship so we have someone to hold on to. We need to hold on to God and his plans that he has for us. The ones that he has ordained and destined for us to do life with, work with, marry, all of these things. I've shared my testimony before. I almost married someone that I dated for five years. It was a good Christian person. It was not Pastor John. But to think I got to the place where I said, oh, oh, we'll be happy. I know we'll be happy. A great person. But there was something in my knower that kept telling me no. But I wanted to hold on because I was too afraid to be alone. Or what if God didn't come through? Or what if God didn't really have someone for me? I was going to be alone forever. So all the fear was dictating my decisions, dictating my life, potentially destroying my destiny because I was listening to the voice of fear. Do we not know that God says, trust him with all of your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he's going to direct your path. Do you not know that God has exceedingly, abundantly above kind of plans for your life? But are we going to hold on to our plans, or are we going to let go so we can grab on to his? What are you missing out on because you refuse to let go because you're afraid? that God is not faithful, that he is not trustworthy, that he's not gonna come through on your promise. God will not fail you. God will not fail you. God will not fail you. Who do you need to let go in your life? What relationship do you need to separate from so God can actually show you what he has for you? And I just realized God probably is not gonna show you what he has for you while you're in a compromised relationship. Because he actually wants you to trust him. If God's going to show you, oh, you're, with, you're, with, you're doing all this, these kinds of things, and, and God's like, oh, I'm going to give you a picture of here, and it's all going to be perfect and wonderful, whatever. Like, there's no trust. There's no faith. God, you can't please God without faith. So sometimes, well, all the time, we need to let go before we know. Just like Abraham left his land when he did not know where he would go, but he trusted that God would show him. But he had to separate from that relationship until God fulfilled what he promised to do in Abraham's life. What do we need to let go of? Who do we need to let go of so that God can show us what he truly has for us? And if you've not had a track record of trusting God and having faith in God, Can you just borrow our testimonies of his faithfulness and of his goodness? I would not have Pastor John if I married Josh. 
imagine, where would I be? Like, my life would be terrible, John said. <laughs> but can you imagine the life we have would not even exist if I listened to the voice of fear and married someone because I was worried to start over. I was worried about the heartache. I was worried about what if, what if I'll be single forever, which is so not God. Those, that's all the voice of the enemy, all the voice of fear to keep you in compromise to prevent you from experiencing the promise. Who do you need to let go of so that God can do the miraculous in your life? Some people tonight will realize that they have to let go of words that were spoken over them or lies they believed about themselves in order to actually inherit all that God has planned for you. We live under these lies. We live under these false beliefs about ourselves, our value, who we are, what we can accomplish with God because subconsciously we feel unworthy or subconsciously we were told we were a failure, that we're never gonna amount to anything, that you're never gonna get married, that you're never gonna own a home, that this is not, what, what are we living under? What subconscious words that were lies from the pit of hell are we living under that's dictating and limiting what we can experience in this life? If you don't think you're worthy of it, you're never gonna go for it. If you think you're a failure, you're never even attempt. You may fail, but you, my friend, are not a failure. You just maybe paid a lot of money to learn a lesson. Hopefully a lesson you'll never have to do again. But what words are you living under about yourself? Do they align with the will of God? Do they align with what the scripture says about you? So many of us are living in alignment with lies. And we don't actually truly see ourselves for who we are and how God sees us and how much he loves us. We have to let go of the words that were spoken over us or the lives we believed about ourselves. Pastor Teresa was preaching about Gideon not too many Wednesdays ago. And just to summarize that, it's, it's a story in, in Judges 6. So Gideon, the Israelites were being ravaged by the Midianites. And, and they needed someone to rise up, to lead the Israelites, God's people, into victory, to take back what the enemy had stolen. And so the Lord sends an angel to Gideon who's hiding from the enemy. He's, he's not out there, you know, like saying, I'm gonna, we're gonna overcome and I'm leading the charge. He's like hiding from it. He's like scared. He's like hiding in a wine press. And the Lord sends an angel to him and says, you mighty man of valor. And he's like, huh? He saw himself, he was afraid. He, he, then he responded. So he's like, you mighty man of valor, I'm gonna use you. This is what he says. I'm gonna find the scripture so I don't make things up. Where is it? Oh yeah. So the angel says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor, exclamation. Go in this might of yours. <laughs> and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Go in this might of yours, you little weak wussy hiding from the enemy. Like... It's like, it's, it baffles me. So he had no understanding of how God saw him. He was afraid. And then, and this is his response. He says, oh Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my father's house. He saw himself as weak, the least, like the pleb. 
And God is like, you mighty man of valor, I have chosen you to save Israel from their enemies. Go in this might of yours. So who told him that he was the weakest? Who told him that he was the pleb? Who told him that he couldn't accomplish anything great in his life because he was weak, he was the least? He believed those lies. He believed those lies and he would have stayed in that wine press unless he, he actually began to see himself how God saw him. So he can go in this might of his to save Israel. What lies, what words have you believed that is preventing you from going in this might of yours? To go in this might of yours to help reach your family, to start that business, to preach the gospel to someone to go forward and ask that girl out. Go in this might of yours. Go in this might of yours. Why aren't you asking her out? What, have you, what do you believe about yourself? What are you saying to yourself that's preventing you from thinking you're unworthy to ask this girl out? We believe things about ourselves that are just solid lies. You're amazing. God loves you. Oh my gosh, when he looks at you, the thoughts he thinks towards you, the Bible says, are more numerous than the sand on the seashore. He thinks about you all the time. And he has plans for your life that are far above anything you ever hoped for or imagined. Good plans, the Bible says. So if you think things about yourself that don't align with the word of God, you gotta boot that stuff out and replace those lies with the truth. And once you believe that you can do the impossible with God, once you know that he is with you, that he sees you as a warrior go, it, that is full of might and courage and strength because he is with you, I can only imagine what God's gonna begin to allow you to do. Once you believe who you are, oh my gosh, if you believed, if you believed, about yourself, what God thinks about you. You are we unstoppable. Oh my gosh, the things you could do and accomplish, succeed at, have victory in. But you believe lies that are keeping you. These lies are holding you back. We need to let go of these lies. Let go of these hurtful words spoken over us and allow God to speak to us and show us who we really are. If we wanna go into 2024, believing we're gonna live our best lives, we gotta let go of these limiting beliefs. And some of us tonight, we need to let go of past mistakes. We need to let go of the shame and the condemnation we continue to place on ourselves because of mistakes we have made in the past. There's a person in the Bible that's a really good person to look to when you realize you need to get over your past and mistakes to do what God has called you to do. There's a man in the Bible that was known by Saul and he thought he was doing the right thing, but he started persecuting Christians. He approved the murder of Christians. He was going around, everyone was terrified of Saul and his men. They were dragging people out of houses, stoning people, stoning Christians. And the Lord got a hold of him on, on the road to Damascus, the Bible says. 
and he asked him why he was persecuting him. And he had this encounter with God. And when Saul realized that he had been operating out of a lie, that, that he was doing the wrong thing, he repented. And then God changed his name to Paul, who became one of the greatest evangelists that we'll ever know or read about in the Bible. So a man that had to get really good at forgetting what he used to do in order to do what God had called him to do was Paul, because he had to forget and leave behind the things he did in the former so he could move forward into what God had for him. Paul himself says this in Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus had also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, this is the man that had to forget everything he used to do. That was so against God, that was so terrible. He was responsible for murdering people. He says, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. He had to forget what was behind if he was going to reach forward to those things which are ahead. He says, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We have to release ourselves from our past mistakes. Jesus Christ didn't die on that cross just so that we could be forgiven. He died on that cross so we didn't have to live with our shame, so we didn't have to live under condemnation. The Bible says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that he remembers our sins no more. As far as the east is from the west, so our sins are removed from us. So we are I think sometimes we remember things we should forget and we forget things we should remember. We should forget that the mistakes we made that Christ has already paid for. We should remember that we are made righteous through Jesus Christ. That when God looks at us, he doesn't see our mistakes. He looks at his son, Jesus Christ, who paid the price for our forgiveness, for our healing, for our restoration, for our shame and condemnation. He looks at you and he looks at you as righteous. You as righteous. You as righteous. You as righteous. When you've accepted his son, Jesus. And when we see ourselves unforgiven or we see ourselves unworthy or, or ashamed, God cannot set us into the things that he has for us because we wouldn't believe it because we're unworthy of it. And I've told my testimony so many times and I'm gonna end on this. But there's some of us that think we've done the unforgivable sin. That I know all about the scriptures, I know that Jesus paid the penalty, but what I did was like the unforgivable sin, like the worst thing. And you live under this shame and condemnation. And I lived under that for over 10 years. And I never even attempted to do anything for God because I was so ashamed. I was so afraid that people would find out my secret. I thought I was unworthy, unusable by God because of past mistakes that I had made. And for 10 years, I lived under complete shame and condemnation for ending a pregnancy when I was 17 years old. It's over 30 years ago. And the devil still tries to come and like shame you and all these things, but I know now to not listen to that voice. But for 10 years, I never really told anyone I was a Christian. I never volunteered in church. I didn't, because I never wanted anyone to figure out my secret because I'd be a hypocrite. And I just allowed myself to be shamed into silence, shamed to be unused by God. And it wasn't until God met me at a women's cherished conference 
where he ministered to the deepest parts of my soul. And he revealed to me even the gender of my baby. I had no idea, but God showed me it was a little boy. And I stood there at the altar with my little blue card representing the baby boy that I had ended its life. And I named that baby. And I grieved over that baby. And I repented of my sins. And I actually was like, Lord, I actually feel forgiven. I'm not gonna condemn myself from things that you've already set me free from. And I remember just canceling that voice of shame and condemnation. And after 10 years of living under that dark cloud, at that very conference, in the next moments of that conference, I, I, God gave me the first vision I've ever received from my life. And he actually told me, it's time that you let this go and let me forgive you because this is actually the testimony that's gonna launch you into a ministry that are gonna help set women free all around the world from shame and condemnation. And so, but if I would have lived under that shame and that condemnation, you, you're, you hide. Adam and Eve did it. They sinned against God and where'd they go? They went and hid because they were ashamed, the Bible says. And it's like, he's like, it's time to come out of hiding because I have a mission, I have a mandate for your life. And unless you get rid of the shame and condemnation and stop holding yourself as an unworthy or unusable person, I can never do this in your life. So once I forgave myself and fully repented and received his love and forgiveness and stopped looking at myself as unworthy, but worthy because Christ has made me worthy, in the next moments, God showed me my whole future in front of my eyes and I'm literally living in it. I'm living in the exact thing God showed me in that moment. What are you holding yourself under? What shame and guilt and condemnation have you allowed the enemy to hang over your head? And God is saying, I've paid for that. I've washed you clean. I remember it no more. Will you let yourself go? Will you forgive yourself so that I can show you all the things that you are worthy to accomplish in this life? Let's stand to our feet. Thank you, Lord. Friends, what do we need to let go of? Is it a person? Is it forgiveness? Is it lies? Is it doubts? Is it ungodly beliefs about ourselves? Or do we need to finally forgive ourselves and release ourselves from the shame and condemnation that Christ has already paid full price for? There's nothing you have done or will ever do that would separate you from his love or change the way he feels about you and thinks about you. He has a beautiful plan for your life, no matter what your past is. So let's just pray. Just lift your hands to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit who's speaking to hearts right now, that's ministering to souls right now, God, I thank you for your still, small voice that's so gentle and kind. Lord, that tonight you've revealed to us what we need to let go of to go into 2024 free and forgiven, understanding who we are, how loved we are, and how valued we are.
So I thank you right now, Lord, that people are releasing themselves. Lord Jesus, they would experience the fullness of your love, the fullness of your grace. And they would begin to see and to know and discover all of the wonderful things that you have planned for them. So Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Set the captives free tonight as they let go and hold on to you. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray for anyone in the room who this season realized they, they just need to get their life right with Jesus. Maybe you once had a relationship with Jesus, but you kind of taken your life back and have kind of gone your own way, but you know you need to reconnect with your heavenly father. And there might be some of you that have never actually began a relationship with Jesus. So you can begin to hear all the things that he wants to tell you about you, about your future, about his plans for you. Would you give him an opportunity to forgive you tonight so that you can be in right standing with God so when you leave this earth, you will go straight into the arms of heaven? If that's you tonight and you just know I need to get my life right with Jesus, while no one else is looking around, can you just lift your hand nice and high so I can see those hands? And I'm gonna include you in my prayer. I see you there close to the front in the flannel. I see those two hands over here on the right and I see those two hands up the back. Thank you, Lord. Yes, I see you in the denim shirt right there. Praise God. I see you up the back, up the back in the button-down shirt. I see you, sir, in the red plaid. I see you right there, sir. I see your hand. Praise God. Who else am I waiting on? Yes, I see your hand beautiful right there. So proud of you. Praise God. And once I've seen your hand, you can put it down. Who else am I waiting on? Yes, see those hands. Beautiful. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else that I'm waiting on? Thank you, Lord. Beautiful. So many hands. Church, because I've gone a little bit over time, I don't um, want to delay you know, your after church plans, but I want to tell you this. A lot of times people respond to Jesus and we ask everyone to come down to the front so we can pray for them personally and, and meet them and shake their hands. But I really actually feel from the Holy Spirit to not do that tonight, which is so strange. <laughs> because if you really want to get your life right with God and you're saying, I need, I need, I need prayer, I need a Bible, I want a book to help me on my journey. When the service is dismissed, we would actually love, we have a response lounge right here. If you wanna have a transformed life, we just go see our friends over there and they wanna give you a gift, they wanna give you a Bible and a book. So don't let this decision, December 27th of 2023, be a decision that potentially could go dim if you stay in your seats. But go see one of our friends and they'll, they'll look after you and answer any questions that you have. But I do wanna pray collectively together. So if everyone in the building, especially those who lifted your hand, will just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross 
and pay the penalty for my mistakes, for my sins, for my shame, so that I can be unashamed and right standing before you. I thank you, Lord, that you love me, that you have a plan for my life. I thank you, Lord, that my 2024 is looking bright, is looking good. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God a huge shout of praise. All you beautiful people who lifted your hands. Oh, don't rush off. Come say hello. Meet our friends in the response lounge. But everyone else, if you need prayer for anything, if, if something the Holy Spirit really struck a chord in you tonight and you would just love some prayer and agreement, you're releasing those things, our ministry team's gonna come forward. And we're just gonna pray an agreement prayer with you. So don't leave if you feel that you need specific prayer. But God bless you guys. We love you so much. Have a happy new year and we'll see you on Sunday for Shredder Sunday. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.